I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Are you Tony Stank? Don't get technical with me. She needs to sort out her priorities. That's no moon. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Welcome to the A Plus Z Movie Review Podcast. I am the A that stands for Alex. And I'm the Z that stands for Zach. And we are officially kicking off Oscar season. (laughs) We've done the Golden Globes. We've done the Emmys, even though that's TV. We've done the SAGs. Mm -hmm. Nominations came out today, and we are ready to dive in. Yeah. we. uh, Tell us, what did you think of Morbius? (laughs) We're a year away from that. That is far in the past. Although, Madam Web, next year's Oscars? For Madam Web in a month? No? No. Yeah, I mean, we're, we, we've done a little bit of homework this year compared to normal, but we've still, uh, as it turns out, only seen four of the possible ten Best Picture nominees. Kind of a straightforward, for the most part, uh, announcement of, of things this morning. Only a, f- only a few, like, fringe surprises, but we'll get right into it. I think the, the, the headline, the top line is... We're preparing for a dominance of Oppenheimer. Uh, yeah, I think so. When the awards are on March 10th, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel again. Uh, Oppenheimer gets 13 nominations, which is just one shy of the all-time record, which is held by All About Eve, La La Land, and Titanic. Oppenheimer, it, it's in all the, the top-line categories. Your picture, director, adapted screenplay, actor, actress, supporting visual effects i'm sure it is it is in many of the below the line categories as well although surprisingly not in visual effects out of all of them but what do you what do you make of this juggernaut coming down the track of of oppenheimer that somehow stayed on top of the discourse since it came out in july i mean i think it's deserved it's an incredible film one of the few we have seen already um but I, I don't know. I, I feel like I want a little more variety out of my award show. You know, sure. it's, but I mean, if it's truly the best, then okay. I'm de- that's deserved because it is a very impressive piece. Yeah. I mean, of the top contenders, we've seen, I think, three of the four major or three of the five, I should say, major contenders for most of these things. Um, we haven't seen Poor Things yet, um, which uh, got the second most uh, nominations with 11. Let's um, And then Killers of the Flower Moon also got 10. Um, yeah, we'll start with, the, with our, our Best Picture nominees. The nominees for Best Picture are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest. Did any of them surprise you? Um, no. Not... It, it, really? Uh, yeah. Because I, I never heard of The Zone of Interest until this morning. So I listened to the film... Mm, that's right. Bros, if you will, the film Twitter. Um, 
Zone of Interest is the likely best international film winner, which we'll talk about. Again, it's one that we haven't seen. It's it's not it's not easy to get right now. I think it's only in theaters for the most part. I pulled up all the the brief Google synopses of these things for some of the ones that we haven't seen. This is just simply a Nazi commandant tries to build a dream life for his family near the Auschwitz training or concentration camp. Uh, not a training camp. Goodness. So it's it's very uh, weighty. It's very uh, pointed in terms of its political commentaries about like fascism and trying to relate those things to today, even though it's a period piece sort of thing. Um, so there, interestingly, I mean, th- that you point out zone of interest, there are two international nominees in mm. the category, which is not usual with the zone of interest uh, and anatomy of a fall, uh, which was the palm d'Or winner. It can, um, it, uh, it's a French film, but interestingly, wasn't selected by the French body as its representative for the international film category at the Oscars. So it's nominated for Best Picture, but not nominated for Best International Film, where Zone of Interest is. Just an interesting little twist there. That's good, though. I, I like hearing that because there have been so many concentrated efforts to bring forward a more diverse nominees mm-hmm. you kind of i mean you kind of hope for a little more diversity in other avenues but you know i'll take it if it's not all like just a hollywood blockbuster of sorts but it sure. can be these these unique one-offs then that's fine yeah it's uh the the body as they they're the voting body the academy has as you said been trying to be diversified and they are adding more more and more european members and you're seeing that in some of the nominations in recent years this is the first time that you've had two uh international ones in at least you know in modern history but we'll 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 talk about a couple of those as we go down the list um anything else stand out to you about the best picture nominees no a lot of it feels pretty as expected yeah that's the thing is a lot of these have kind of been pegged for a few months and because of the way that the award season goes now how more uh, high profile in some ways things like the sag awards uh the critics choice awards the golden uh, the reformed golden globes these things have been pegged as the contenders for quite a bit things like barbie and oppenheimer were pegged since the summer sure bobby barbie oppenheimer kills of the flower moon people have been looking forward to for so long because of it you know, Martin Scorsese, Maestro because of Riley Cooper and Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg in the background. Um, even things like the holdovers, which came in November and sort of was, we didn't see it at the, at the time, but we have kept caught up on it since a delightful movie with a, a incredible lead performance and stylistically an interesting movie. And it, it, it's held through to, to now as well. Um, so some, some interesting nominees, but it's, full full down the staring down the barrel of a nuclear warhead uh what's your pick what's your prediction oppenheimer yeah it it, it was the best movie we saw last year uh it it hits in so many different ways of uh technical ability and acting craft and directing and writing and visual effects and Everything that it's nominated for, it deserves. Everything it's nominated for, it might just win. I, like these, nor, these things don't go with full thirteen for thirteen sweeps usually, but I will probably say that it it will get a majority. Yeah, it'll get probably nine of what it's nominated for. Ah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think 
it's in terms of the craftsmanship of that film, it is tight. Mm-hmm. Like every single thing has been very meticulously thought of. I'm even trying to wonder if like it, how could it have been shortened? I don't know that it could. No, it uh maybe maybe not that one scene with the chair. We didn't need that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So if for some reason you didn't get it to see Oppenheimer, it is it has or will be re-released in uh IMAX, you know, this this month. Um and it is coming to Peacock on February 16th. Probably not the way Christopher Norland intended it to be seen, but you'll you'll get the gist. We don't need to go down that route. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Um speaking of Christopher Nolan, best director nominees. Now this is where we get the first little bit of controversy where uh we have five nominees. There's I wouldn't just, call it a little bit, but go ahead. There's 10 nominees for best picture and then only five for best director, so somebody's getting left out. But your nominees for best director are Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos, Poor Things, Jonathan Glazer, The Zone of Interest. The obvious omission uh, omission being Greta Gerwig for Barbie. Astonishing. So they still do get a female director in Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, but Greta Gerwig misses out on being only the second woman to be nominated for Best Director twice. And she's been, all, all three of her films that she's made so far have all been Best Picture nominees, but she was only nominated for uh, Lady, Bird. Lady Bird. She misses out for Little Women and now Barbie. Wow. Yeah. I, have, I would love to ask the Academy members, like, did you just think, like, did you not vote for her thinking like she would automatically win? So you did something else. Like I think what it's on a, earth happened there. I think it's a couple things. Um, well, she's nominated for writing and you're, that's good enough. Right. She, they, they feel like she's going to, the, they can nominate her elsewhere and maybe she gets that. That's, that's a very interesting garbage. category we'll talk about. But I think something to, that to take note of here too, is like we said, the, with the international films being nominated for best picture and the, the voting body being a little bit more European, Justin Trier and Jonathan Glazer for Zone of Interest both get in the two international films. So maybe that's something where the international body favors them. And even Yorgos Lanthimos, who's made some, uh, I mean, it's an English speaking movie. It's not a foreign language movie, but he is an international director himself. So I think it's, I think it's just the thing where somebody was going to get left out and it was unfortunately Greta. Uh, in this case, but I don't know. We, we haven't seen the other films. The other films, to be fair, too, are a little bit more weighty and important, quote unquote. Those like um, f- film people films. Yeah. The so, Oscar highbrow. Yeah. And th- that was the other thing that I think maybe hurts it a little bit because I was thinking of uh, I was listening to a, a podcast earlier and they mentioned some of the things that happened in Barbie, particularly the product placement and things like that. The, the blockbuster stuff like the, the car the they car, drive around yeah. in. And it's like the Academy, the, the hoity toity members of the Academy are going to look down on certain parts of that and see that it's just, it's an IP blockbuster movie, despite all the things it does to go beyond that pegging. That was all because of Greta and Margot Robbie who also we'll talk about get, kind of gets snubbed there, but 
they get their producer nominations, right? So I think they feel like that's enough if you're a voter. But moving on, moving on, actor in a leading role. We have Bradley Cooper in Maestro, Coleman Domingo in Rustin, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers. How do I do this? Cillian. Cillian. I never know. Cillian Murphy in Oppenheimer and Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. So here's another snub down the pike. We haven't seen Killers of Flower Moon yet. Oh, yeah. Leo DiCaprio. Leo DiCaprio not nominated for an Oscar. Mm -hmm. My goodness. He And interestingly, he spent a lot of his uh, campaign time campaigning for his co-star, Lily Gladstone, and not so much focusing on himself. And the same well, thing. He's got one now. So, right. Whatever. And the same thing happened back in, uh, back for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he was heavy on the Brad Pitt campaign. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if it's that Leo's like, I got mine. I, I, I tried he's hard like, enough to I, get the first one. I did that business with the bear. We're good. <laughs> right. Let's, let's share the love. Yep. Uh, the, the interesting thing about this category, too, is three first time nominees Yay. with Celine Murphy, Jeffrey Wright, and Coleman Domingo. I mean, it, this is this is a tougher one because you have the two Golden Globe winners with Paul Giamatti and Silly Murphy, the, which we've seen both of them. Uh, we saw Bradley Cooper do the most, you know, the most, the most. he could uh, in Maestro. I, I, this, I think this is a this is a tough one. I think Cillian Murphy's probably the the favorite right now, but it'd be an interesting campaign yeah. as the month goes along. Absolutely, and we'll we'll definitely catch up on at least American Fiction, mm-hmm. um, because it, of its Best Picture nominee status, yeah. and that has a lot of momentum for you personally because you just really want to see it. I do. Um, it, it's also interesting. It feels within the- our wheelhouse, I guess, is what I mean by that. Like that might be one that like we actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Not like appreciate the art of the blah blah blah. Right, not just like I appreciate the filmmaking here, but I, yeah. you know, it's not for me. Um, also important to note for Jeffrey Wright and Coleman Domingo, two men of color being nominated, um, which is something that again we we see kind of through these acting categories a lot of first timers, a lot of diversity, which is good. It's 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 good to have. So the fact that Leo the hold fast white guy gets left out i'm sure leo's not too broken up about it like i don't know if he cares about this stuff anymore um but from everyone that's pegged him and he's been in pretty much every award nomination possible so far except for the baftas which are weird now uh but anyway uh next up actress in a leading role uh we we already mentioned the margot robbie snub here and it feels like she's replaced by the first name on this list. So that's Annette Benning for Nyad, followed by Lily Gladstone for Kills of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller from Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Um, Lily Gladstone, uh, first Native American to be nominated for Best Actress. Awesome. Uh, Emma Stone feels like the favorite right now uh, for, for Poor Things. Whenever and, I see her nominated for an Oscar, which has been several times now, <laughs> I think about Superbad <laughs> and Easy A. Yeah. And then I start going down that pipeline of all those dumb things. Like the guy who works for Disney and does all those voices now. What's his name again? Alan somebody? Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. 
He was Steve the Pirate. Yar. <laughs> oh, man. I just, like I said, uh, Paul yeah. Giamatti. Paul uh-huh. Giamatti is nominee. The Rhino. He, oh, God. He was also in <laughs> Big Fat Liar with yep. Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes. Like, I saw somebody like, post you a just, picture. You just think, like, oh, you know what? If you do, if you do your time. <laughs> somebody posted a picture of him after he won the Golden Globe and, and on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And just like, you know, it's a real shame that people are supporting this man who steals from children or you know, whatever it was. Um, Does like a good In N Out burger, though. Can't blame him for that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So Annette Betting gets in for Nyad, uh, which pushes out here this is another one where the other nominees gladstone carrie mulligan emma stone sandra huler from all the other benchmarks they were sort of locked into being here for the most part and then it's three actresses for one spot where it was annette benning uh greta lee in past lives Mm. and margot robbie in in barbie and i don't know if they feel like hey Margo, your name's on the best picture nomination, so we don't need to have you here. Or if they just feel I Nyad is a movie about uh swimming, a swimmer. Uh and so uh, from what I understand, Annette Benning does a lot of swimming in the film, so she got nominations for her workout routine. I saw a thing, I forget if it's what if you sent it to me or if I just saw it like circling the internet today, where Someone was saying that, like, Margot Robbie's performance, like, there wasn't, there wasn't a big enough, like, reach for what she needed to do. Like, it was, like, if you compare that to, like, what Carrie Mulligan has to do in Maestro, where Carrie Mulligan's got to kind of put on a transatlantic, fast-paced accent type of thing and she's dancing and there's all these emotions whereas not to say that like playing Barbie is easy but I just I don't know I'm trying to phrase it delicately. I I get what you mean where (laughs) it's I mean Margot Robbie has to do an American accent which she's done plenty of times and they just sort of be pretty and funny but like this is but that's sort of the problem with how she gets overlooked I think yeah is Traditionally, the, the one thing that the Golden Globes does do better than the Oscars is in some ways, and I, in, a, in a lot of ways it's not good, but in some ways it's a good thing, where they split up the categories for comedy musical. Yeah. Because at the Oscars, the comedic performances, no matter how good they are, they will never be viewed in the same way as the dramatic acting performances You're absolutely that right. a lot of people do. And... Margot Robbie, that movie does not work if Margot Robbie is not Barbie. If this is the Amy Schumer version of Barbie, <laughs> like it was originally supposed to be. Straight to Peacock. It is, it is not in the position it is right or now. Or Max or whatever. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it sucks. I understand how it happens. That doesn't, you know, justify it in any way. Um, but it's also a thing where, I want to. I don't know if we want to talk about this now or, or later, but I've told you my five-year theory about the Oscars. No. So, if you go back, I think it's it's a five years is a good benchmark of looking back at the winners or even the nominees for the Oscars from five years ago and seeing. Do you even remember this? Oh movie? yeah, no, you have talked to me about this because but... there's like 
in the moment, some of these things are like, oh, wow, these great acting performances and people like laud the art and whatever the hell they want or the, the Academy makes weird decisions with the voting. And then you go back five years later and you're like, that was nominated over and you know this didn't win sure because i remember this performance but i I, don't remember that i remember uh so i know about this theory in the context of the best picture winners and like go back five years and see that movie like are you even gonna watch that movie now if you're if given the option yeah or are you gonna watch i don't know la la land whatever for reference do you want to know what one at the 2019 uh, Oscars for oh the God, it was five years ago. It was 2019? Yeah. Well, for the 20 for the 2018 films. Oh yes, hit me. Yeah. Green Book. <gasps> Which beat out. Oh wow! Black that, Panther. Yeah. Black Klansman. That was a big controversy. Bohemian Rhapsody, the favorite, which was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos and had Emma, Emma Stone in it. And Roma. Joe Allen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, sure. Uh, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Oh, my God. That's when you and I were starting to really get into this. Yeah, I think that was the first time we tried to see everything. And one of the things, I think, of the nominees, we didn't see two of them. And we, one of them was Green Book. We didn't see Roma, and we didn't see Green Book. Yeah. We still haven't seen them. No. <laughs> Best director was Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, uh, beating out Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Uh, and then like the, the actors, that was the Rami Malek Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. year where he got boosted by the Golden Globes. Uh, he beat out Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, uh, Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe in a, a movie. Oh, uh, he, was at his, he played Vincent Van Gogh, I guess, in that movie. Um, and then Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. Um, My goodness. Yeah. So, it, you know, there's a, I don't want to go through all of them, but it's just the thing of like something like to bring that all back, you look at the nominees. Are people going to remember Annette Benning, Annette Benning swimming a lot or Margot Robbie? Yeah. No, you're right. right? Like people remember Lily Gladstone because of the, the context uh, yeah people p- might remember this emma stone performance because it's kind of wild uh even carrie mulligan and maestro maybe you'll remember but i think it's just a thing where in the moment the 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 academy can't see past their own nose sometimes <laughs> and they they don't think about what is the lasting impact of a film and right and here's an example of it shall we move on yeah actor uh, yep. in a supporting role Sterling K. Brown, American Fiction, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling in Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo, Poor Things. So Sterling K. Brown is another one of those first timers. That's amazing. Everything I've ever seen him in, he's been mm-hmm. so good. Uh, he was, of the nominees, he's the surprise uh, from- Is he? I read Mark Mark Ruffalo was the surprise. He, he also too, because they leave out Willem Dafoe, um, and uh, gosh, I forget who else. I mean, it doesn't really matter because the 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 race was always going to come down to Robert Downey Jr. versus Ryan Gosling, and Ryan Gos or uh, sorry, Robert Downey Jr. has run away with it in in the early part of the award season here. So, um, oh, in the award season, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like those two. I would, I would 
put them in a cage together. <laughs> them being their characters, their their performances, not necessarily them, because yeah, that's wild. So, but like, oh my god. So Ryan Gosling. Could you imagine yeah. if this is what gets Ryan Gosling the Oscar? <laughs> it 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 won't wearing fake fur and saying dumb things like Mojo Dojo Casa House Sublime Sublime Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but this is this is sort of points to what we were talking about with Barbie, where, I mean, it's the whole point of the movie Barbie, only to come out of the movie and have Barbie not nominated, but Ken get nominated. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, it's just kind of a funny point on the end of it. But, um, I, I mean, De Niro is a, is a legend. And I feel like that's like kind of just gratuitous. Yeah, we wouldn't know. We haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet because I don't have twelve hours to watch another Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese, like whatever uh, the heck. Yeah, I did my time with the Irishman. Okay, <laughs> I did actually watch all eight hundred minutes of it. Rumors are some people are still watching it. <laughs> um, but I think this is a pretty cut and dry category. We could probably move on to the next, uh, which is actress in a supporting role, Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer. Her first nomination. Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, her first nomination. America Ferreira in Barbie, her first nomination. Jodie Foster in Nyad and Divine Joy Randolph, her first nomination for The Holdovers. Wow. Again, this this is one where you get a lot of um, diversity because obviously it's a, it's a female category, but you get uh, two black women, you get a Hispanic woman, uh, you get an older woman, and you get Emily Blunt, who's been around for a while and probably it's kind of amazing that she hasn't been nominated for something else before but well like what mary poppins no i mean she's been she's been in <laughs> there are things that you and i haven't seen that i know she's been lauded in that she didn't get nominated um but again this feels predetermined with divine joy randolph probably winning for the holdovers um really I mean, she's she's based, won, are you basing that off the the globes? Not just the globes. She's won at everything else. Really? Yeah. See, we watched the holdovers recently, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be rude, <laughs> but I mean, I understand. Like, she has a very kind of heavy emotional arc. She does a lot. She shows a lot of different emotion throughout the movie. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the four quadrants of that. And, but I think it's a thing where, like, again, you look at the fact that America Ferreira gets nominated in here, kind of shows you the the shallowness of the category this year. Where, I mean, America Ferreira is like the fourth or fifth best person in the movie, if you want to be generous. Fourth. I Who mean, are you putting above her? Margot, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling, Margot Robbie. Uh, hell, I'd put Issa Rae above what she did. Uh. I just like oh because uh, she said motherfucker in the Barbie movie. <laughs> no, no, but I think like America Ferrera's acting moment is the feminism speech, which is just you I know have what no, that's I, a very good point. I have yeah, nothing yeah. against the the feminism. No, no, I have no. nothing I know against what, what the mean. movie is saying, but that is the one part of the movie where it is just hitting you over the head with the message, and it's like that's as like basic as you can present that message that's been said a million different ways everywhere, but it was, but she gets all the plaudits for it. And it's like, well, I mean, what did, what else did she do in the movie? 
She drove the the sponsored car uh, and was there. I, I don't, I feel like she was good. She was fine. She did what the part needed to do. She was a necessary part for the movie to work as it did. I don't feel like she did anything special enough to rise into a nomination. That's just me. Interesting. But I, I again, I think it's, I think that just points to there weren't a lot of standout supporting female roles this year, maybe. I would love to see Danielle Brooks win because I've loved her since Orange is the New Black. She's just such a oh, fun yeah, personality. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that's who that was. Okay. I think she's the hot Cheetos and Takis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Emily Blunt is, um, you know, the, the complicated woman in support of the complicated man. Yeah. Yeah, she... I thought I thought Emily Blunt did a pretty good job. I agree. But a, a thankless role if there ever was one. Moving uh, on to adapted screenplay. An we interesting one. Have <laughs> American fiction written for screen by Cord Jefferson, Barbie written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oppenheimer written for the screen by Christopher Nolan, Poor Things screenplay by Tony McNamara, and The Zone of Interest written by Jonathan Glazer. So the interesting thing, of course, is Barbie, because all f- there, of the five nominees, the other four are all based on books, and Barbie is based on an idea, um, <laughs> a, a concept, toy. a yeah. toy, a, a brand. See, the thing is, if I, I feel like this is tough because the how do you base an adapted screenplay? Is yeah. like what what is is it the best adaptation of the material or is it the best movie of the the list? Because if it's just simply the best movie, then you'd say okay, well Oppenheimer probably takes this. If it's the best adaptation of the material, it de- I mean it depends on how familiar you are with any of the other books, right? Um, and I and I mean it's th- so it is so interesting, especially like the based on a book part because it's so widely known that generally books are better than their movie counterparts so to have these like award-worthy adaptations it's interesting because there is one snub here if there's a snub to be had and that's killers of the flower moon which had been nominated in adapted screenplay almost everywhere else um but, you know, and I got I actually got a message about this today regarding the fact that the book that it is based on by the same name is told in a different way. And they sort of take the book and sort of flip it where because the, the 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 whole the book is framed as like a whodunit sort of thing. Oh, interesting. But the movie starts with you knowing who did it. Oh, wow. So the Leo DiCaprio being the one who did it. So you sort of like build out from that and how he like is avoiding the law or whatever and until he finally gets you know caught whereas the other way it's they're they're working they're following the different perspective yeah it's like a mystery yeah and so the the person that that messaged me lillian hello uh just wanted to rage about it because she felt like the the movie tore apart what the book was despite every all the plaudits that the movie gets uh, another one that sort of flipped with how the book is told is Zone of Interest, I guess, where it 
starts out the same way, but then I guess takes the same concept and tells it in a completely different way. So are you adapt? Are you taking this material and making it as good as possible for the screen? Or are you following the material as best you can? Interesting. And of course, everyone has their own take on it. So who's to know? Yeah. Maybe they're giving guidelines. <laughs> sure. It just it, it the, the category got more interesting by putting Barbie in it. And, uh, you know, that's a that's a choice the Academy made. Next up for original screenplay is uh, we have Anatomy of a Fall, uh, screenplay by Justin Trier and Arthur Harari. The Holdovers, written by David Hemmingson. Maestro, written by Bradley Cooper and Josh Singer. May, December, screenplay by Sammy Birch. Past Lives, written by Celine Song. Uh, this is one where I don't know who takes it. I believe Anatomy of a Fall won for screenplay at the Globes. Um, yeah, I think that's correct. Uh, so I, th- I think the, the dialogue in the holdovers is wonderful. I think Maestro is probably overwritten. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we haven't gotten a chance to, to tuck into the other ones yet, but that's my quick thought. Yeah, I agree with that. Next is cinematography. El Condi, Edward Lachman, Killers of the Flower Moon, Rodrigo Prieto, Maestro, Matthew Libetique, Oppenheimer, Hoyt von Hotema, and Poor Things, Robbie Ryan. This is where the the Oppenheimer technical category train will probably start coming down the tracks. Oh, totally. That I mean, that movie is just framed, and especially when you see it in the seventy millimeter IMAX version of it. Holy crap! Like that that movie just you feel your body pulsating watching that movie. It's <laughs> it's it's so good in that way. I would advocate for Maestro just because I liked how it looked, but. I know we disagree on that. We don't have to rehash it. Next is original song. We'll start with The Fire Inside from Flame and Hot. <laughs> Music and lyric by Diane Warren. And if you're unfamiliar, Flame and Hot is the movie, the origins, the origin movie of Flame and Hot Cheetos. The Oscar nominated Cheeto movie, yes. Let that sink in. This is what's happening in our year of our Lord, 2024. Next up, I'm Just Ken from Barbie. Music and lyric by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. It Never Went Away from American Symphony. Music and lyric by John Batiste. Batiste. Batiste, excuse me. And Dan Wilson. I will learn how to say it correctly next time. A song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. Music and lyric by Scott George and What Was I Made For from Barbie, Music and Lyric by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. It will likely go to Billie and Phineas despite my protests. But we do get Ryan Gosling have to live out his worst fear of yes, having to perform this song. Yes, the fear realized after, what was it? Was it the Globes or was it Critics' Choice? Critics Choice, yeah. yeah. Where, where that face where it. he's just like, what? And now, I, now I'm going to have to perform this at the Oscars? I hope they get yeah. as many of those damn Kens as they can. <laughs> give me Simu Liu. Give me Nkadi Gatwad. Give me, you know give me Scott Evans. Give, give them all to me on that stage singing I'm Just Ken, even though I didn't even like that song. Do you remember what they did for um, Frozen 2? Yes. Where they did it all in the different languages? Yes. Can we get all the different languages of Ken? No. Yo soy Ken. <laughs> uh, no. Some, do you feel that Dua Lipa is a snub? No. 
No, for no. Dance the Night Away? Because hmm. I always think about what the song's significance to the movie. Sure. That song has no significance to the movie except being a bop. Well, it's the song they play every night in Barbie's Dreamhouse. It has no significance to the story of the movie. Yeah. I, I, that's why, I mean, what was I made for is going to win, but it is objectively like, it's just not fun. How do you feel? No, it's not fun. How do you feel about two-time Oscar winner Billie Eilish? She's at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're still jaded about the Bond Oh, the song. James Bond. But the, yeah. I mean, I had the feelings of that song go with the movie to me, too. But the song just was never a Bond song. And it just, it feels, it feels like they're just happy to let Billie Eilish be at the award show and win her Oscars. Not that the songs aren't, not that what was I made for is not good. It just, you know, I, this, this feels like such a weird throwaway category this year too. We're like, none of these are like truly impactful outside of the movies they're in. And that's fine, I guess, but I don't know. So you're not bopping to the hot Cheetos song. I was unaware that there was a musical component to the Hot Cheetos movie. The, when I read that this morning, I couldn't believe that that was there. Producer Eva Longoria is probably thrilled. I mean, they can put it on the poster. Oscar-nominated film. Correct. They don't have to tell you what it was nominated for. Just, you know. Uh, all right. So we'll roll along to the rest of the below-the-line uh, categories. Uh, costume design. Your nominees are Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Three period pieces, one steampunk period piece, and one pink fever dream. Steampunk? That's Poor Thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Period pieces usually have the upper hand with this one. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Barbie. Yeah. That would be something. It's impeccably styled. Impeccably. And, like, the... The element of fashion that comes with all that is Barbie, mm -hmm. for it to have been nailed, like, that is crucial. Mm -hmm. that's, where, that's who gets my vote. Yeah. It'll probably go to poor things, but that's, yeah. that's the way or these Or Killers go. of the Flower Moon. Killers Definitely Flower not Moon Oppenheimer. Everyone that's just being clothes. dirty. Yeah, and Oppenheimer is just gray suits, you know? <laughs> Um, oh, Matt Damon was in a uniform. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Florence Pugh was not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, what a costume she, she wore uh, for that one. Next up, sound. Sound, best sound we have. I'm not going to read all these yeah. names. The creator. Is that that one about that kid with the AI the, head? The robot kid, yeah. Yeah, okay. The creator, maestro. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, end quote. Not, I'm not recognizing this foolishness they're doing. Um, Oppenheimer and The Zone of Interest. Uh, if Oppenheimer doesn't run away with this, then what were we doing? I would say that or Maestro. Like, the, mu the movie is about music. It has to sound good. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the 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 constant like clicking and sound choices like the the chugging engine sound of the movie it's that and and we'll, when we get to the next category 
is just the thing that propels you forward and forward and forward through that sure. movie. So should we go to the next category? You sure? Yeah. Original score, American fiction, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Our man Johnny Dubs. Johnny Williams. 54 Oscar nominations for the 91-year-old John Williams. Way to go, man. What a king. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robbie Robertson, Oppenheimer, Ludwig Goranson, Poor Things, Jerkson, Fendrix. I'm going to go Oppenheimer. That composer is so in right now. Everything he touches is gold. Yeah, Ludwig uh, did uh, Black Panther. Uh, Didn't he win uh, for Tenant also? I believe uh, so. With the... Uh, Nolan but yeah like I said the the same thing as the sound that score just as it just you just feel the tension building and building and building and that's because of his music um if there's an if there is another snub to be had here uh across the spider-verse the score for that sure probably should have gotten nominated over look I love John Williams I know love him to death we love the Indiana Jones theme. Yeah. Is it nominated simply because he reused the Indiana Jones theme? Like, aside from the rest of it, like, I can't tell you what's the music here. And and we haven't seen American Fiction yet, but people have just said that it's kind of a, a light, jazzy fair. Like, it's nothing to write home about. So, like, I don't know. Nominate other things. I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, by default. Yeah, maybe. John Williams worked this year, so... Here we go. Yeah, I, you know he'll show up because he's a good sport, and he'll you know clap and wear a tuxedo. He will. He's so old. He did last time. Yeah, Jesus. he just shows up. He just likes hanging out. Don't uh, fail. Next up, we have the two short film categories. Um, uh, we're gonna breeze through these pretty quickly because I, I, I'm gonna make I'm I'm gonna make an effort this year to try and watch the shorts yeah because they do have those screenings where they show all of them back to back oh cool i'm gonna try to do that i think they do it in long beach i know they do it down in a in the greenfield oh that's sick yeah let's do that but quickly uh the after invincible night of fortune red white and blue and the wonderful story of henry sugar for live action short film Ooh, a wes anderson one that's wes anderson's nomination because asteroid city got nothing and that's probably going to win that category from everything I've heard. So, Asteroid City. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that happened. Animated short films. We have Letter to a Pig, 95 Senses, Our Uniform, Pachyderm, and War is Over, inspired by the music of John and Yoko. Snubbed Once Upon a Studio? No. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet that said Once Upon a Studio, snubbed for live action short. No. And I was like. What, what a, is live action about sending sorry, a camera down action. a hallway? Animated short oh, film. Okay. Animated short film. <laughs> sorry. Uh, next, another cat- couple categories that we'll go through quick. Uh, documentary feature film. Uh, Bobby Wine, The People's President, The Internal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, and 20 Days in Mariupol. The 20, Best of luck to y'all. The 20 Days in Mariupol, again, has been pegged as the early favorite. It's, uh, it's about... Um, it's set in uh, Ukraine during the war. Oh my! So you know, I find it in. interesting that there are no credits for the Eternal Memory. Huh? Yeah. I wonder if that's just Variety's list, or if that's how it's on the officially. Where we're going off of the the list provided by the good folks at Variety. A documentary short film is the ABCs of book banning, the Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, the Last Repair Shop, 
and Nainai and Waipo. I, I know nothing about any of these, so good luck to them, as you said. <laughs> uh, international feature film. Uh, Io Capitano from Italy, Perfect Days from Japan, Society of the Snow from Spain, The Teacher's Lounge from Germany, and The Zone of Interest from the United Kingdom. Uh, normally, the UK films don't get put into the international category because they're English, but this one That's is garbage. German. It's international. This one is German. So okay. uh, spoken in German. Um, Next up, unless you have another point. Uh, no, just a zone of interest probably win. Sight of the Snow, I've heard, is very good and is available on Netflix. So. Lovely. Yeah. Next up, My Wheelhouse, yes. animated feature film. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we have The Boy and the Heron, a Miyazaki feature. Miyazaki-san. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Elemental, Pixar's submission. Miyazaki-sensei, sorry. Continue. <laughs> Nimona, Robot <laughs> Dreams. Uh, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, wish, wish snub? <laughs> no. These, the only snub that I like have a thought about is... The oh yeah, talk about your turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Now, yes, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I'm not advocating for the Super Mario Brothers movie in this category. But like, it was uniquely animated. It was unlike most you know films of its kind uh super fun super engaging i don't understand how like we haven't seen nimona or robot dreams but we have seen the other three nominees and you know i was i was almost waiting for elemental to not make it in either just because there wasn't like a huge response to it um there was on disney plus sure and I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it. I just say it was of the latest Pixar things. It was we're in a Pixar lull to a degree. So if it if it hadn't made it, I would have said, oh, that's too bad. But I'm, I wouldn't have a big fight about it. I would. Um, Boy in the Heron, of course, it should. It, that'll probably be the winner. Well, I guess here's here's the if there's question. one that will give the Boy in the Heron competition, it's Spider-Man. Right. And if there's one that will give Spider-Man competition, it's The Boy and the Heron, just yeah. because it's Miyazaki. I thought The Boy and the Heron was okay, mm-hmm. but like in terms of just animation, mm-hmm. it is beautiful. It is what animated movies should be. Like Pixar has always had to their name the CG version of things, and that's fine. That's your art style. But everything being this bulbous floaty computer no draw it draw it by hand draw it on a piece of paper film the paper like do it right do it like how uh spider-man people do it the animation in those movies are incredible like i this is a, a point too to maybe argue why are we separating these things so far away from the from the live action films? Like not not animated that, cinema is cinema. We've like, said it several times. I said it when we came out of Spider Verse the first time. Yeah, like the 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 first Spider Verse and this one. But I said I remember saying it after the the sequel here. It should have been nominated in Best Picture. Yep. It either it or the Boy and the Heron, because maybe even both. Like, like all, all love and affection to 
those international films that we haven't seen or some of these down the the road, like artsy films, you know, whether you want to put um, American fiction or something like that, you know, no, no disrespect to it, but like people saw the boy in the heron, people saw spider verse and they compelled people. They inspired people. They are art in every other way possible. They're just not giving the same amount of respect as which is disgusting. Like, Top Gun Maverick got a nomination last year, okay? For Best Picture? Yeah. And yes, it was the most electric movie-going experience I had. You know what almost equaled it? Seeing Spider-Verse. Yeah. It just, it propels you. It makes your body vibrate. It's just good. It's just well done, yeah. It's good movie making. It's good storytelling. It's good animation. It's good production. Mm -hmm. The music has always been spot on. These characters are fully fleshed out. They're they're interesting and captivating. And like all of all of the boxes you have to check from a Spider-Man movie get checked, and it doesn't feel like I'm watching Martha Wayne die for the thousandth time. It's done creatively. It's done with purpose. It deserves to be nominated for Best Picture. I completely agree with you. I wonder if they will do the version of what they did with um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, with the Spider-Verse trilogy, where assuming that the third installment is just as good as the other two have been, that as the crowning achievement for the trilogy of the films, they give it a nomination then rather than doing it on the first two opportunities. I would say that's garbage. Like it is. if it's it if is. it's good, friggin' nominate it. I, I agree. Moving on yes. to makeup and hairstyling, we have Golda. Sure. <laughs> Maestro with that prosthetic. Yes. The legend Kazuhiro. Oppenheimer, poor things and Society of the Snow. Again, another interesting thing where a uh, international film nominee gets a credit in uh, a different category. Yeah. Outside of that, so that's good to see for Society of the Snow. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. Mm. I mean, it's going. It's gotta go to Maestro. It's either Maestro or Poor Things. Poor Things yeah. has a lot of prosthetics going on too. Yeah. Um, with Willem Dafoe and 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 with um, Emma Stone. Um. Probably have more to say about that later, but I mean, that, those would be the uh, obvious front runners at this point. Uh, next up, uh, production design. Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. I think we have our first real head-to-head Barbenheimer moment. Do you agree? Yeah. I think if, if there's one where it has the most chance of winning it's that and it what barbie yes yeah because the amount of behind the scenes stuff that they've been putting out you know in recent <laughs> months of showing the conveyor belt thing that they built for the those scenes or uh you know the i'm just ken behind the scenes stuff like it's it's, it's all there. It's all part of like the fashion of Barbie, the universe of Barbie. Like mm-hmm. the dream house is iconic. And however that is iconic to you and your Barbie. But it's it, it and it's done very well. You 
the place Barbie land literally looks like a place for dolls. The beach is plastic mm-hmm. featuring John Cena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's arguments the other way, again, there's a lot of design and poor things. Oppenheimer, they built, you know, they built the bomb. See, the thing uh, I have against that, though, is that it's just a recreation. Sure. There's no creativity to that whatsoever. Like, it's accurate. Sure. But, I mean, anybody with Ikea directions can build a bookshelf. <laughs> sure. Um, next up, uh, film editing. We have Anatomy of a Fall. The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon certainly doesn't get editing. Uh, because, Absolutely not. <laughs> or maybe maybe there was a five-hour movie that they cut down, and it could be incredibly edited. Uh, yeah. I th- I, again, I think this is a... This is actually interesting. I think it's either Oppenheimer, because of just how well-paced it is, or maybe The Holdovers, because of the retro stylings that the put on it to sort of the transitions and the, sure. the, the, the scene cuts and things like that. Um, some people could fall in love with that sort of thing and, and maybe pick it, but some, and sometimes film editing gets translated into the most editing. Yeah. You said that last year. <laughs> it's, it's always true. Um, so curious how that one goes. And lastly, but not leastly, but kind of close not. to leastly. No, <laughs> We have visual effects, and in this category, we have the creator, Godzilla minus one. Let's go. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, and Napoleon. What a, what a moment for Godzilla. No, seriously. Like the You're just ecstatic because of the video with all the little Zillas yeah. watching the nominations. They they put all their little Godzilla action figures, turned them towards the TV. It was cute. <laughs> um No, but in in again, from hearing what I'm hearing from the people that know these things, there is a real sort of uh groundswell for Godzilla minus one in this category. Like it, the cre- I think the creator is a possibility too because there's so much so much CGI in so that much not, not just CGI but just again I'm su- I'm surprised that it didn't um, get a production design thing but I guess that's a little more more artsy whereas visual effects is sort of creating these sci-fi worlds which it does a lot of um, Guardians is interesting you know good good for them to get something uh, I guess somebody Hurt. was somebody mentioned that. They were surprised Guardians didn't get a uh, makeup nod because it, it hold, now holds the record for most prosthetics used in a in a film. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess. Well, um, yeah, if you consider all of the aliens, mm-hmm. yeah, all the goop. Some of them, the oh god, the goop. so much goop. Oh my god. Um, some of the aliens though kind of remind me of early star wars where it's just like you're just a bulgy guy with some texture and antenna it's also um i mean rocket and lila you know um mission impossible we we saw several times uh tom cruise jumping his motorcycle off a, a ramp which when i would go to see the film learn 
they made it a, a mountain. So that's impressive. But I, I, you didn't see it, but Godzilla minus one is truly a visually stunning piece of effects work. It is so good. And I would be thrilled if it won this category. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe something like the creator one, because it's a bit more mainstream or guardians because it is the mainstream. Um, but it would be pretty awesome if Godzilla won the first ever Oscar nomination for any Godzilla related film yet. All it takes is one. So <laughs> m- minus one. Oh yeah. There you go. Uh, but truly one of the better theater experiences I had last year was, was Godzilla minus one. So I, ho- I hope it gets, I'm, I'm thrilled that it has this uh, recognition at all. And with that, that is the nominees for your 2024 Academy Awards. Yep. Uh, like I said, March 10th, they'll be hosted again by Jimmy Kimmel. The last time he hosted was the La La Land fiasco five years ago. No, he hosted last. Did he host last year? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Where um, were you? Uh, watching them, I guess. March 10th. Are we busy that day? Not now. Oh, um, so I do want to say really quick because this came up while we we were dealing with the uh, technical difficulties that I found and I'm not going to read it in full I just want to bring it to the table as part of the larger discussion of what happened today this headline reads from BuzzFeed Ryan Gosling has issued a statement about his disappointment over Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig's Oscar snubs. Was it like a five-word thing that BuzzFeed is claiming as a statement? No. No, there's a full... Oh. There's paragraphs. Wow. The bit that they underlined and looks to be... I mean, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the bit that they underlined I'm not going to read said, all that, but happy for you, though. Or not. Congrats, or I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. It says, um, to say that I am disappointed that they are not nominated in their respective categories would be an understatement. Oh, yeah. He also says, appropriately, there is no Ken without Barbie. That's And there is no Barbie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. That's true. That's Ken sounding off for you. So for the 10 Best Picture winners, if you'd like to see them, which we are... American fiction is currently in theaters. There's some thought that it would go to uh, Prime at some point uh, cool. in, the, in the near future. Unclear, though, that hasn't been announced yet. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall is available to rent on all your various platforms. Uh, I assume with a lot of these two, as they normally do, they'll put them back in theaters. Uh, Barbie, available on Max. The Holdovers, available on Peacock. Killers of the Flower Moon is on Apple TV+. Clear your afternoon for that one. (laughs) Maestro is on Netflix. And important to note, while a lot of these other ones are streaming, Maestro, the only streaming, only Best Picture nominee, which is different than in years past. Killers of the Flower Moon? Was in theaters. But it was still an Apple TV production. But... it okay. still had a wide okay. theater release where Meister did not. Uh, Oppenheimer, as, as I mentioned, is being re-released. 
but it will also be on Peacock on February 16th. And boy, do they let you know that. Because there's not a whole lot else going on on Peacock. No, it's because they want the the clout for yeah. having it. Past Lives is available to rent on most platforms. Uh, I, I, it's on some like obscure uh, streaming service called Vicky, which I don't know anything about that. Mm. Um, Poor Things currently in theaters. Supposedly will be going to Hulu at some point, maybe early February. Um, I don't know how all that changes with the nominations and whatnot. And Zone of Interest is in theaters. I think you can rent it somewhere, but um, it it will probably be in, put in wider release now that it's been nominated for all these things. So you can you know find them and you can watch along with us as uh, we'll we'll catch back up with some posted reviews and podcasts about some of the best picture nominees, as well as you know some of the movies that were that are out or will be coming out soon, like Mean Girls. Like Mean Girls, like the upcoming Madam Web, like, uh, I don't know. There's not a whole lot off the top of my head right now. It's kind of a... We've been a little checked out, but we're sure. checking back in. I think there's also a thing where right now there's a bit of a lull because oh, for, of the strikes. Yeah. yeah uh, I so I think some of these things have been delayed or pushed, like uh, Dune comes in March, uh, things like that. So until the next time. We'll see you at the awards.